to uh, Swing Thoughts, the uh, only coaching mental performance program that is going to make you uh, a better golfer. It's going to make you uh, shoot lower scores, and more importantly, uh, stop hating yourself. That's the key point right there. That's the key. Tim O'Connor, mental performance coach for Clublink, all-around excellent uh, writer and friend. Uh, I'm Howard Glassman, humble Howard, a legendary uh, radio broadcaster and uh, mentally, pardon? <laughs> and mentally deficient golfer. Uh, let me just try and stop this thing. Hang on a second. I can't even get it to open anymore. You gotta okay. give yourself more credit than that. Oh, yeah. Mentally deficient. Come I am on. mentally, I'm like a lot of golfers. Man, it took me a long time to grow up. Why is that? Why are, I think golf is, uh, kept me immature longer than I needed to be. <laughs> what is it about golfers that we're, there is really, it really brings out your inner child. Yes. Your inner bad child. Your worst, best sides of your personality and your worst sides. Why is it so re- revealing, the game of golf? I think that's just it. You're naked out there. It doesn't matter whether you're the the uh, the male boy or the CEO. You're totally naked out there in terms of, like, your ability. And if you, you know, lay the sod over it or hit it a couple times out of the bunker. Um, There's no hiding. Seven years ago, a golf writer and a disc jockey came together to create a safe place for players and pros to share their feelings about the world's most aggravating game. Through 199 episodes of talking, whining, laughing, and yes, even some tears, this show is now a staple of the golf community and a must-listen for golf nerds everywhere. I'm Dan Duran. What has that got to do with golf? Nothing. But I'm Dan Duran, damn it, and that's just the way it is. And now, STDs, once again, here are golf's spiritual leader, Humble Howard, and Coach Tim. Join us as we celebrate the 200th episode of Swing Thoughts. how it started you know that meme how it started and how it's going welcome everybody to episode 200 of the golf podcast that we've come to know and love along with our friendship that we just uh, we just rededicated we had a rededication ceremony <laughs> before the show uh, I'm Humble Howard, golf spiritual leader, as you know, and Coach Tim O'Connor, who uh, we have now been doing this thing together uh, since 2015. Wow. I know. Did we Did we have darker hair then? <laughs> I, I think I had more of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know one thing. Uh, in 2015, I definitely was still dating around, so I definitely had darker hair. Oh, that's funny. Uh, just so you know, in case you're just curious, that very first clip you all heard was our very first show, December 22nd, uh, 2015. 
And uh, it's interesting because I, I was going back over the shows, Timmy. I, I just, I had forgotten we hadn't used the uh, Sultans of Swing, I think, until about episode 20. Oh, really? Yeah. I just assumed it was always there, but it wasn't. It was actually uh, Lonely Boy by uh, by the... Uh, I can't remember the name. Some hip and now band. No, no, I, I should know them because uh, I play them every day. Uh, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. This is another great. This is a, a, ta- a typical two old guys trying to remember the name of, uh, it doesn't matter, Lonely Boy hey, by... We, we uh, listen to that song at that yeah, place that thing? with Buddy? It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, how are you? Welcome, everybody. This is going to be epic today. We've got lots of stuff to, to share. I'm doing, <clears throat> I'm doing okay for a guy who got the COVID again. Come on! But, by the way, it's yes. the black the Black Keys is who I'm thinking about. Lonely That's boy it. by the That's Black it. Keys. When did you Thank get? You. How did you get COVID? Is this university? The university yes. kids. Yes. Damn yes. those kids! Yeah, when we were in Quebec at the Canadian Championship thing, uh, on the very morning of the event, kid goes, "I'm not feeling well," and got right. text that my mom tested positive last night. Oh man! Exactly. So we all go. We all get tested. He's positive. The rest of us negative. So, anyways, we have the tournament. I come back, not feeling so great. So I get, I go get the the rapid test on Monday, and yep, got the COVID. Oh, dude. So, anyways, today's the last day, uh, and you know, just like the first time I had it, all I felt like is I got. It sounds like I'm speaking out of a tunnel, oh, and man. my energy is down. <clears throat> well, dude, I'm Anyways, really. I'm, is that what you wanted to mention? Because you said we were talking about talking about the U the OUA championships. Is that part of what you wanted to mention that you have the vid again? Well, you asked me how I was, man. So I told you. No, I, I did. I had no idea you weren't. Uh, well, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. dude. You're so like, it's like you know, walk around my own bloody house with a freaking mask on. I know. Ugh. But anyways, today's the last day of my isolation. Well, man, I'm sorry to hear that. I, you know, it's no, funny. No, it's, 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 yeah, it's shite happens, but here we are to celebrate our 200th. So 200th anniversary. Really good about that. Yeah, we got lots of uh, little clips I'm going to play from uh, some of the episodes gone by. And today I also want to acknowledge, uh, I'd written down some of the sort of guests of, like everyone we had on the show is great, but there's a few names I think we should acknowledge. And also I've got some clips of some of those names. And one of the things we thought we would do today and we're just going to get right to it, is uh, we've invited some of our STDs, we've invited some of the people that supported our show, that caught on to it early, that uh, made it, you know, worthwhile, that, um, you know, we got some response. One of them, of course, uh, in no particular order, and here's what I'm going to say to, I'm not sure if the guys in the waiting room can hear me, but everyone's going to come on for a couple minutes. This isn't an in-depth interview, just to say hi Uh, To start with one of my dear friends, Rudra Rishi Maharaj. Uh, I kind of feel like I'm part of his family because I'm I'm involved with his brother, his sister-in-law. I know. But Rudy and I have been friends. And uh, early on, Rudra, you were such a good supporter, not only of the Humble and Fred show, but of uh, Swing Thoughts as well. 
Yeah, I can't believe it's 200 shows. Uh, you know, I think I'm just thinking back. That's uh, 200 plus hours. I'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you too, huh? <laughs> uh, but you know, it's. Uh, I was wondering whether this has uh, been more therapy for you in doing all these shows, or therapy for us in listening all these shows. But it, it has been great. Um, you know, sporting the. Uh, there it is. The. Fairway and Green logo, nice on a shirt that I got from the Dukes in uh, in Ireland when I was there. Um, but uh, you know, it's good to uh, listen to the shows. Uh, a lot of valuable information, and you know, uh, spread it out to some of the guys in Ireland who my golf with uh, last month. Well, th- by the way, it, was, it took Rudra to remind me because I was so excited at, about the opening I'd put together that I'd forgot that, of course. Um, We've been sponsored by TaylorMade. And here's the thing. I'm gonna, we're going to get to a TaylorMade clip. In fact, I have the very first clip where we got our first sponsor. But TaylorMade, Jonathan Wong, of course, uh, Fairway and Green is uh, his, his stuff. And, um, and recently, NeuroPeak, NeuroPeak Pro, Tim and I are being trained up learning about precision breathing. But, uh, Tim, do you have a question for Rudra? Because we're going to try and run through. I've got um, Zokal standing by and a couple others. So why don't you uh, ask a, a question of Rudra and let me tell everyone to stand by. Hey, Rudra, good to see you, man. I think, and I think you had dark hair, too, when I first met you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was some time ago and many worries ago. <laughs> there you go. So what, um, I don't know, any benefits from uh, – Listen to Swing Thoughts, either than idle entertainment, uh, <laughs> keeping you away from work, or has there actually been some benefit for your golf game? Oh, no, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's been lots of benefit, you know, especially on the mental part of it. And, you know, leaving the shot behind, not worrying about the shot you just made, worrying about the shot you have to make. And, uh, you know, all the preparation for a shot is done before the swing. After the swing can't do anything about it uh you just gotta uh, commit to the swing whatever it is that you're trying to do just commit to that and and then deal with the ramifications afterwards wow do you, do you have like a dvd coming out this fall <laughs> that's right that's pretty <laughs> good <laughs> no but that's a good idea well the thing is i've played golf with rudra rudra actually i played golf with rudra shortly after he had both hips replaced because he was uh that yeah. there's a dedicated golfer his hips were fine but he just thought he, if he got new ones he might move his down his his lower body better but uh rudra can play some golf and is a, an avid player and, and and loves the game and and sort of i would say the quintessential swing thought listener because you care about golf and that's the thing that i think we've all learned over the last couple of years is you know we, we all care about it and it's okay to admit that mm-hmm. that it 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 affects us deeply, deeper than most non-golfers would ever understand. You know, I've read something. You guys, you guys will love this. One of the guys that I, I follow on Twitter, John Sherman, he talked about cutting his thumb the other day. And, the, and what do golfers do when they cut themselves in their hands? First thing he did was check his grip. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's funny you say that. As a couple of years ago, I had um, injured one of my fingers on my left hand. So I, I actually had to adjust my grip so that when I was swinging, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't hurt that finger again. Can't interrupt with the game. That's so funny. Listen, Rudra, thanks for your support, man. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it. We're going to have to run through a, a bunch of people, not the least of which one of our guests is actually standing by. Yeah, uh, just uh, you know, th- uh, you know, again, thanks for the shows. They've been very entertaining, and I guess the one uh, biggest thing, I guess, coming out of this is that you are not 
who you are on the course. Your score doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't change you as a person. No one's going to look upon you differently. I think that's probably the the biggest thing that that uh, anyone can take out of this. Is, you know, it's a game, and uh, you know, you're not. That doesn't change you as a person. Right. You're a golfer, oh, Rudra. That's amazing. Like I, I yeah. like to say, you're a golf. We're golfers. We're not golf scores. Mm-hmm. And uh, and thanks for uh, dropping in this morning. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. My pleasure. Take care, Take guys. Care, Rudra. Rudra Rishi Maharaj. And by the way, okay. Rudra, hey, hey, wait, before you go, we got to do yeah. some Humble and Fred stuff. So let's get out golfing here soon, okay? Absolutely. Looking All right. forward to it. Thank you, Paul. Okay. Take um, care. There's Bye. Rudra. Cheers. Rudra's company, Gig Sky, is one of uh, our biggest sponsors on the Humble and Fred show and have been for. In fact, if this was the Humble and Fred show, our Gig Sky guest of the day would be uh, legendary Canadian uh, golfer Richard uh, Zokel who was uh, on one of our shows. I'm, I, I don't know exactly when it was. It was early on, but uh, welcome back for our 200th episode. A man that thinks a lot about the same things we do, maybe even at another, at a whole micro level. It's uh, Richard Zogel. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm well. 200 shows. Congratulations. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's meaningful. It is. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I, li- I, I, I listen to you guys. I follow you and track you and you guys, and you guys are on target a lot of the time. Yeah, we can, <laughs> <laughs> we can be. We can be. Well, I, I will tell you, uh, Richard, you know, Tim, Tim for, not that he forgets, but there wasn't, we had an intervention for Tim. Uh, oh, he had a, a, a momentary, uh, he went into golf hell. But the original intervention on the show was you. It was April of about 2016. I was going through a lot of stuff as a player, and I just couldn't quite, I mean, I have some physical abilities, and I couldn't quite line up. Why wasn't I not getting the results? And you, you stepped in and said, okay, let's be realistic. And we had a great discussion. You sort of helped me out of golf hell. But I'll throw it back to you, like, why is it that golfers even get into that? What is it about the game that puts us in those situations to begin with? Because our minds, we, we haven't had the proper guidance and training to structure our mindsets properly. There's this massive gap that all golfers, I mean, we can look at, uh, let's, let's take Rory McIlroy, for instance. You know, he's probably arguably the best player in the world and has the best ability but he's he's in an internal struggle and he is not out of it. He's in hell right now and has been for many years. And, and it's so, you know, it's all about this term acceptance. So acceptance is a perspective that if that is at the essence of mental toughness and and expectations that we all get, whether we're a great player or not a good player. When that is constantly at us, we don't have prop. We have a low level of acceptance, and it's just not good enough. You can be the best player in the world, but if your acceptance level is low, you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And we see, we see models of that constantly, and then we see those who uh, who have a high level of acceptance, and and they seem to be bulletproof. You know, when 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 Patrick Cantlay and uh, Colin Morikawa are playing at their highest level, they have a high level of acceptance. Mm-hmm. And so when things go poorly, they, it doesn't rock them. And, and, and that's at the essence of uh, the proper mindset. Is part of the piece around acceptance is that people like Patrick Cantlay, Colin Morikawa, they're not identifying with their golf scores. 
I mean, when they shoot, we've heard. I heard Rory McIlroy talk about that when uh, there was a time when he shot a good score. Uh, he was not only a good golfer, but a good guy. But when he shot a bad score, he was a bad golfer and a bad person. Mm-hmm. Totally. How much does that totally. weigh into people descending into golf hell? Well, that, that's exactly too. It, 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 I call we call it golf insanity in, at Mind Track, and and it's a it's a fundamental problem. So if you if you have a valuation of your personal identity that's based on your 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 score and your performance, boy, you're, you're in a losing battle. You will never win that game. And we talk, and I, Rory has been talking about that for years, uh, and I think he's making progress on it. But he's making very slow progress on it. And where he's, in my opinion, where he's getting off track is is uh, is constantly his own expectations. He's expecting right. to perform. Mm-hmm. He's expecting on the on the. You know, at the British Open or the Open Championship in Ireland, he was expecting to perform and he just, you know, crapped the bed in the first round. But Richard, and I've just had this conversation with somebody like an hour ago um, about, you know, it's it's impossible for Rory McIlroy not to know that he needs the Masters to complete the Grand Slam and that, that Spieth needs the PGA, etc. It's impossible for an average player not to know that the club championship is coming up and it's going to be different than a Saturday morning game with his buddies. So it's unrealistic, I think, to not see them as rounds of significance. My question then to you is how do we know that they're rounds of significance and yet give them the proper sort of, I don't know, the proper, give them the, the, put them in the place where you can actually perform while you're in those rounds. Well, first of all, you need to acknowledge where you're at. And and, and if you're constantly going after the result, like I need to win the Masters, if you're you're, uh, Rory McIlroy, that is a result-oriented uh, perspective and you will be in trouble. It's the same thing with the person who said, I got the club championship this week. So the bottom line is where you have to do this. You have to, long before this, condition yourself with that so you're so you have a specific protocol that isn't result oriented. And this is why we we created Mind Track Golf. So you practice a protocol, a thought protocol that in, in, that conditions you to be in the present moment and you learn to detach from the result. And it, it, if you simplify the game, all it comes down to with every single shot is assessing that and executing it. Right. And that's it. And then when you start to do that in every shot, you get thought, you have this thought exercise and you start to measure your performance on your ability to assess and execute only and then you learn to detach and that and the results become a byproduct with it. You don't attach your personal identity to the result, whether it be a three foot putt or a round or a tournament. And you have to you have to maintain that proper protocol or you will continue to struggle. You know, one of the things I don't know if you've heard us say it, but one of the things that that and a lot of our opinions, that's one of the great things about having done 200 of these and spoken to so many people like yourself that have a great perspective on it, is you learn in the end, it all sort of comes down to whether it's state management, strategy, the quality of the decisions you make, the quality of the decisions you make on every shot really 
are is where our key. And if you can make the quality of those decisions better, then the other things start to take care of themselves. Um, and, I, and again, I don't we don't have a whole lot of time because we've got a bunch of steep. But I want to just how did mind track? Because we've had you on talking about it. Mm-hmm. So just give us some of the specifics so that somebody listening might go, shit, it's time for me to get mind tracking. And what does it do? Sure. So there's 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 only two key performance markers. So we're bringing in you've, you know if you're a businessman you understand what key performance indicators are. Yeah. They're, they're measurement tools. So in golf, in performance on the golf course, which is very different than you know the practice facility where it doesn't matter. It only matters on the golf course. And your measurement of performance are your or comes down to two things and only two things is on ev- on a sh- per shot basis is your ability to assess that shot and your ability to execute the shot that you chose. And that includes there the decisions you make on whether you use a decade strategy because mm-hmm. decade is a strategy. It's not a meant. It's just it's simply a strategy. But, but let me just jump in because I'll tell you what Fa- Fawcett says this because you know I'm a total decade nut. But Fawcett says the most he he's interesting because he says the most important thing that you can track forget strokes gained around the green is the mental scorecard. He said, if you tracked nothing else but your ability to focus and execute, that would be enough. Well, yeah, and that's what MindTrack does. It, 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 you have a, a every person's subjective ability to, uh, you know, if you're a 15 handicap, you're di- you have a different perspective than a zero handicap and a different perspective if you're a, a tour player. And it's the subjectiveness of your ability to assess this shot. So first point of information is distance then the wind, then the lie, then all these things that have to factor into the decision, that it comes down to the decision that you make. And a human element is very much a part of that. And then your ability to execute that shot. If you keep your focus strictly on those two things, you will then, without projecting forward with zero expectations, with full acceptance of what may or may not happen, uh, you may, you, you, acceptance is having this uh, feeling comfortable that you may miss this shot and having comfort to be able to then pursue because if you don't if you don't have this acceptance you have a low level of acceptance you're going to start to avoid this reality that you might miss the shot and it's going to cause you pressure and it's going to boil over and it's going to collapse Right on, Richard, I, I can't let you go without asking you this so this show will go live the day that it's the second round of the RBC Canadian Open. And so I'm wondering, like, you went into, I forget which one it was, but I think you went into the fourth round as the leader of the Canadian Open. 1987. Course, yeah, sorry? 1987. Oh, you do okay. remember. Interesting. There you go. <laughs> All us people with gray hair, we remember dates like that. Well done. Um, so, um, what would the... It, if the elder Zokel could go back and sit with the younger Zokel on that day before he teed off in the final round, what would the elder Zokel tell the younger Zokel? It's a great question. Well, in in nineteen in two thousand and one, when I was forty two years old, I had start started to figure out. I started working on the essence of what MindTrack is in nineteen ninety nine, and had some tremendous breakthroughs. So breakthroughs and 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 so it, when I had when I was in Toronto playing in the Buy.com event the CPGA I was also tied for the league going into the final round and my mindset and 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 thought 
fitness level was such a high level at then that I was able to feel comfortable in that situation, play in the final group with the lead and shoot a lower score than anyone else that day. And I won by three shots. I shot 66 while playing in the final round. And I had those trepidation thoughts of what if I shoot 79? What if I don't do this? What if I, and those projecting forward, I was able to dismiss them and they weren't a problem. Now let's go back to 1987 when I was standing on the first tee with tied for the lead with the world number one, then Curtis Strange. At that moment, I had not developed my mindset strong enough to deal with it. I knew on that tee, I knew I wasn't going to win. Curtis knew I wasn't going to win. <laughs> and Curtis knew that I knew that I wasn't going to win. That's correct. And, and, and I, so that day, I went out the, and, you know, it overwhelmed me. I was in shock. I was in a high ang- anxious level trauma, if you will. And it ups- I wasn't comfortable enough. And I made three bogeys and no birdies. Mm. And that's a big contrast from the day before when I was making birdies from everywhere in the third round. But this uncomfortableness, this anxiety, and I was not at the level mentally with my mindset, had this acceptance to feel comfortable of the uncertainty of what may or may not happen. I then, you know, I was lipping putts out and and I wasn't comfortable and I shot 75 and finished like seventh. And well, listen, man, and there's no doubt about it that we've learned a lot from you and, oh, yeah. and the experience that you've had. But all of us listening, I mean, none of us have ever, ever tasted that kind of uh, pressure. And I would say, you know, just got to look back with some kindness and think, man, there are very few people who played this game that have ever been in that situation and have the perspective that you do. And thanks for sharing it. One thing, though, too, is I think it's all relative. So sure. I still remember shooting 94 when I was a, in a, <laughs> yeah. a junior champion. But where you are or anyone else is relative to their club championship, the pressure is the exact same for sure. as it was for me in a U.S. Open or a Canadian Open. So it, it's relative. If you haven't already cool. explored Mind Track, you should. Go check it out. And the uh, easiest way to do it is uh, do what I do. Follow Zokal on Twitter as well. It's uh, mindtrack.ca. No, it's MindTrackGolf. MindTrackGolf. Thank you. And there's no C in track. T-R-A-K-Golf.com. MindTrack with a K. Dot golf.com. M-I-N-D-T-R-A-K. No C. Golf.com. Thank you, my friend. Richard Zoka, all the best. Thanks, Thanks Richard. Take care. All right. We've got a, a ton of uh, STDs standing by. Uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do here, fellas. Uh, I'm going to uh, admit all of them <laughs> all at once. Uh, Richard, just let yourself out. And then we're going to play some uh, clips of uh, shows gone by. Let me just admit them all. Okay, here comes uh, the usual suspects. It's uh, Ronan, Rob Somerville, Brad Shillette. And uh, I think that's who we have right now. Where's Grant? Oh, Grant's there as well. Yeah, Grant's there. Uh, And while everyone's getting settled, so once everyone uh, turns their cameras on and, um, you know, gets uh, ready, I'm going to play some stuff. Uh, Guys, can you hear us? Can you turn your cameras on so we can see? Okay, there's Ronan and Brad. Hey, Brad. And uh, Grant's there somewhere. While you're getting settled, I will... um, just play some stuff. I mentioned that TaylorMade uh, became a sponsor. TaylorMade became a sponsor on March 11th, Tim, 2016. Wow. And this was the 
Uh, let me just get this ready for us. This was the first mention of Taylor made on the show. to uh, Swing Thoughts, the uh, only coaching mental performance program that is going to make you uh, a better golfer, it's going to make you uh, shoot lower scores, and more importantly, uh, stop hating yourself. That's the key point right there. That's the key. Tim O'Connor, mental performance coach for Clublink, all-around excellent uh, writer and friend. Uh, I'm Howard Glassman, humble Howard, a legendary uh, radio broadcaster and uh mentally pardon <laughs> oh sorry that was the wrong clip uh welcome to swing thoughts breathe everybody uh show 11 uh and now featuring man we're go. really excited uh we've been doing the show for a couple months i have uh you know it's funny i am glad you did that because i was going to uh make this big announcement and then i have sound effects and stuff so here we go uh, we're pleased to announce that uh, the program, which is now uh, 10 podcasts old, has a sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Swing Thoughts, brought to you by TaylorMade Adidas Golf, the number one driver in golf. Thank okay. you. So um, my screw up aside, so that was, uh, that'll show you two things. Uh, March 11th was when we mentioned TaylorMade for the first time. Also, I believe that was the beginning of us using Sultans of Swing as our uh, theme. So that's how long TaylorMade has been a supporter of this program. These guys, I mean, some of them, like Brad Shillette has been there from the beginning. I don't know if Brad, is he our very first STD? One of them for sure. Brad and uh, Rob Somerville's there, Ronan and Grant. Uh, Ronan, Grant, and Rob are all part of the uh, decade uh, group. And uh, Tim, you know Rob, of course, you've worked with. So, guys, uh, let's start with Rob. Rob, how long have you been listening to the show? Uh, probably about three three years now, maybe. And how did you discover it, besides the fact that you're a golf nerd? Uh, through Tim O'Connor. <laughs> were, were you working with Tim? Yeah, I think so. I think I started working with Tim and then started listening to it, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I told him that yeah. part of the, th- the deal, if you're going to be one of my clients... You have to listen to my content. <laughs> but, That's right. Uh, no, Rob, I think I think you were one of those guys who who started. You, you listened to a few shows and then you started and went right back to the beginning, right. And listened to the, all the way through. Is that in fact what you did? Yes, for sure. I yeah, I went back and listened to all of them, and I've listened to a lot of them over and over again for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, it goes without saying, obviously, we appreciate your support, along with Brad. Brad, you were one of the first ones, too, that we ever heard from. I mean, and you comment. Brad's the only one that ever comments on our Facebook page. What's wrong with you pricks? Why can't you just like it or put a comment in? It literally looks like we're doing a podcast for four people, mostly named Brad Chalette. <laughs> Brad, we can't hear you there, buddy. No, Brad does not have his audio on for some reason. Yeah, it's probably just, it's just a, uh, a technical malfunction between his uh, his headset. No, nope, can't hear you. Why don't we switch to Ronan? Let's go to Ronan Grant then. Ronan, I guess his technical. Ronan's got a green screen screen behind him. Are you doing? Are you doing some? <laughs> what are you up to over there, Ronan? I'm very well lit too. Did you notice I how three point lighting a whole bit? 
I'm in my little. I, I, it's not my studio, but my well, the work I do. It's oh, I see. In, in the studio space. Uh, how about you? When did you start listening to it? I know you knew Tim from Blue Springs. Since day one, I remember around Christmas time getting the very first episode. Uh, I, I remember exactly where I was because uh, I was like, "Hey, Dad, come listen. This is my buddy Tim and Aww. Howard. They got they got a podcast. And it was really, it was. Uh, I've, I think I've listened to every episode. Yeah, since day one. And uh, I would say it's my uh, Saturday morning ritual is to." Uh, to jump into the car when I'm heading out to, to Glen Cairn and to, to listen. I, I saved the episode to listen on my ride uh, in from Toronto to Glen Cairn. And it's very unnerving when I see you, Howard, after I've just heard you. Yeah, it is unnerving. It's unnerving seeing me in person anyway for a lot of people. It's like, what happened to that man? Um. <laughs> Um, Ronan, you know, it's funny because I didn't know you. I knew you were a friend of Tim's, and then you joined Glenn Karen. And uh, Ronan is like a lot of the guys on this chat. A lot of the guys that listen to our show feels thinks very deeply about golf and has a, a really great perspective. I got to know this guy, Grant, uh, who's with us here. Hey, Grant, how are you, young man? Pretty good, Howard. Great to see uh, you. Grant McDougal is a, another deep thinker from New Brunswick. He's a high-level amateur golfer, plays really nicely, and... Uh, and again, one of the things I like about Grant and everyone is like when they comment, when you guys comment about stuff on the show, it's very thoughtful. And it not only is it appreciated, but it's like, oh, these guys think sort of similarly to us. Yeah. Can you hear me all right, Howard? Yes, sir. Great. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like the rest of the guys. I'm, I'm relatively new. Um but I have gone back and listened to a few. I haven't gone back to the beginning. Sorry, Tim, but I've, I've kind of very picked. That's all right. We'll I've forget you. Picked some of the shows. I, that, I, I got news for you. I haven't heard uh, all the shows either. So, <laughs> so I cherry picked some of the stuff that, that kind of piques my interest, including some of the guests you've had on that uh, that uh, highlight instruction of things that I'm working on. Um, but yeah, I think I think the first time that I came across you guys uh, about a year and a half ago. I turned 55. I was getting back into competitive golf because I thought I could actually compete with guys that were closer to my age. And, and uh, it had been a while since I competed seriously. And I wanted to get a little bit better. And I kind of dabbled, got about ankle deep into the decade stuff. And in searching podcasts for Scott, he was somehow linked to you guys. I listened to one of your shows, uh, probably – something related to decade, which narrows it down to about 45. <laughs> well said. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I immediately connected with your struggles, Howard. Like, uh, I know we've had this conversation, but uh, the things that you talk about in terms of feeling like you were a, a better golfer than your scores indicated, uh, working harder than other guys that beat you in tournaments. Uh, I was just like, oh my God, this guy's this guy's living my parallel life, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I think we had some of the same struggles and, and, and maybe dealt with them a little bit differently. I don't ever recall beating up the inside of my car, throwing my seven iron into a tree. <laughs> 
Well, that's because that's because you still have some of your senses. You'll that, that'll happen at some point. I know. I'm sure it will. But I thought about doing those things several times. But um, yeah, so that's how I came across you guys. Started listening, and and it's been a wonderful learning experience for me. And I think the first time, like one of the one of the third or fourth shows that I listened to. I had sent you a note on Facebook, and I, and I don't go on Facebook very often, which is why I don't comment on the show. Um, but the only way to get a message to you guys was through your Facebook page. So I sent you a note. I sent you both a note saying how much I enjoyed my first couple of episodes. I thought it was awesome. I learned and I laughed. And uh, and then I'm listening to an episode a little while later, and you read my goddamn note on the air. So then I was oh, That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Um, Grant and Ronan and Rob and Brad, we'll get to you. Just stand by, you guys. We're going to continue some golf nerd stuff about the show. We're going to play some clips of some of the people that have been on the show. Uh, but I just want to quickly acknowledge a friend of mine, Tim, that I've been doing, I don't know, you and I have done 200 podcasts together. Uh, this oh this gentleman and I have done close to 3,000 episodes together from uh, the Humble and Fred program. I believe this gentleman is, is it Fred? Is that how you pronounce yes. it? Yes, that's the name, uh, Howard. Uh, Fred. Fred Patterson of the Humble and Fred show. And yes. what most people don't know is that the Humble and Fred uh, em- empire, uh, the enterprise that is Humble and Fred Radio, uh, is the executive producer of Swing Thoughts. And so Fred, as co-executive for the producer, um, wanted to pop in, Tim, and, you know, say a few words from you know, management. Fred? No, I, I, I do. Uh, congratulations on this milestone. A great a great golf show. Yeah, I mean, there's a tons of uh, golf shows out there, but I just love this one. It's just so clever what you guys have done. Week after week coming up with this stuff, it's amazing. Even for someone like me who doesn't play the game very well, uh, you know, it's very educational. Well, thank you. Oh, and, thank you very much. Well, it actually, my, my sister, Peggy, <laughs> who's not a golfer, she said, I was talking to her about when we're coming close to our 200, she goes, who knew you could talk about golf? <laughs> That's right. For up to 200 episodes. Well, yeah, I just listened to the one with uh, Samantha Adams on breathing. Now, a lot of people don't think about that, right? No. Yeah. It's don't huge. think about it. And then uh, the Jonathan Wong on fashion. You know, if you can't play like me, at least you can uh, look good trying. Exactly. But also, uh, Freddie, you know, we talk a lot about this, about how few podcasts, you know, lots of people want to do them. You know, we've had this discussion on the other show about mm-hmm. how many people came to us and said, hey, could you help me produce a podcast? Right. And then 20 shows in, we never heard from them again. No, no, it, it, it's uh, it's not easy. And uh, again, it's one thing to say you want to do a podcast, but it's another thing to, you know, put pen to paper and figure out exactly what those podcasts are going to be about. And uh, again, you guys have proved that, uh, you know, with some hard work, uh, determination, and some smarts, uh, you can do it pretty much on any subject. And uh, I, for one, really enjoy it. The recovery segments, too, I love because we can all relate to that. You know, you have a bad hole, you throw a Derringer on the golf course. (laughs) I knew. I'm wondering, how is he going to sneak Voldemort into this conversation? (laughs) You throw a Derringer on the golf course, you have to put that hole behind you. Yes. And just think of the next one. You know, that's funny. Well, what do you think? (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. A little little inside uh, humor there. I love it. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, Fred, one of the things that's interesting, I mean, um, it's having the chops. 
mm-hmm. to be able to do it. A lot, a lot of people start a podcast, um, but you know they think it's about having just a nice conversation. But one of the amazing things about doing this with Howard is that you know here we've got a guy who basically a plus handicap is a broadcaster, and I was maybe when we started maybe in eighteen, <laughs> right? And so it takes it takes a lot of skill. To know how to do this. And it's not just something you just don't have a nice little conversation over dinner or something. So and so that's been really amazing for me is particularly the patience that Howard has shown with me. There's right. a number of times we had a couple of shows where he'd say something and I would just contradict it. And he would just like hang his head and like, oh, my God. Yeah, Fred, Fred, Fred was there for the development of my patience. Trust me. <laughs> it, uh, of course, it's a learning process, you know, uh, before this Internet thing and, you know, podcasts and what have you, there was a thing in radio when it came to talk radio. Howard, we heard it many times. Everybody has one talk show in them. Mm-hmm. It's just what are you going to do the next day? And I think that applies to podcasts, too. Everybody, you know, again, starts out. And you have that one in you and it's great. But what are you going to do for the next one and the next one and the next one? No, that's a great point. So, uh, yeah. So well, um, I just wanted Freddie to come on and uh, yeah. and and thank you know I I feel a little bit weird. It's like you know both of my uh, it's like my my work relationship and my other work relationship here. It's a bit. I'm not sure what to do. I feel a little bit like oh my god, both of my girlfriends have showed up. But uh, <laughs> Howie, you know none of it's worth. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> That's 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 your gift. You see right through the bullshit. <laughs> that's right. None of it. Yeah, we always say this is work. Um, but right. I want to uh, again, you know, Fred and I built these studios and using it for this, and and then it yeah. was uh, Fred was the one that suggested that we put the the swing thoughts under our umbrella uh, that we produce it, and uh, you know, it's really nice that you've been able to you know allow not allow uh, let us do this, and and uh, appreciate your uh, popping in today. It was very nice of you. Well, you, you said, if, uh, we said, uh, if we're going to build any kind of a network and have podcasts under our umbrella, they have to be of the highest quality. And, uh, of course, it all fits. Oh, thanks, man. Aw, that's very and, nice. And uh, way you. to, way to uh, pigeonhole Derringer into a non-humble and Fred, <laughs> into a non-humble and Fred <laughs> podcast. Very well done. Oh, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> and I'll, and do, I'm going to take that clip and play it on Monday's show. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, congrats, uh, congratulations, guys. Uh, great job. Great show. And uh, keep her going. Keep Thanks, her pal. going. All right. There's Fred from the uh, legendary Humble and Fred show. I'll see you on Monday, pal. Have fun. Right on. Look at everyone's clapping. Even Brad Shillette. His Brad Shillette's got to have like a, a huge uh, Woody considering it's like Fred and Tim and me and, and the guys. Um, Brad, is your microphone working yet? Brad, buddy, dude, I don't. This is Brad's like, buddy. I'm sorry, pal. It's just it's just at the bottom of the screen. There's a microphone. Click it. All right, just click it. And it, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. You can just sit there. Look, can you hear us? You can hear us. Uh, you, okay. Um, Brooke Benny is standing by. Guys, I want. Do you have time to stick around for a little bit of a discussion? The guys, Grant, you, I tell you what, Grant, you can go. I'm going to be talking to Grant tomorrow morning. Grant, just because I'm, I'm, I got a, <laughs> we got a, Grant. yeah, no, everyone can stay, but I got, a, we got other stuff to do. So Grant, thanks for your contribution. Do you have any final words? I do. I, I didn't want to say goodbye without uh, saying, I mean, first of all, congratulations. I agree with you hundred percent. The process of creation is ridiculously hard. And it's easy for a little while, but hard over the long run. And 200 shows is unbelievable. 
But more importantly, I want to say thank you. I'm a better golfer and I enjoy the process of improvement more because of everything I've gotten out of this show and the relationship I developed with you, Howard. So thank you very much. Well, you're very welcome. I appreciate your kind words oh, and your great. and your well wishes. And uh, I'll take your sentimental stuff and just... I'll see you at 7 a.m. tomorrow, punk. Can't wait. Talk All right. to you later. All right. There's uh, Grant McDougal, one of my double Ds. Um, okay. So, Brad, we're going to let you go uh, since uh, it seems to be or you can't hear us or you can't. So thanks very much, Brad. And, Brad, you know what? Yeah. I meant it what I said. You've always been a supporter, and uh, we appreciate it very much. Okay, kid? All right. Thanks, Brad. Good Just to see Brad you, So, uh, Somerville, I don't know what you guys are up to right now. You can, you're welcome to hang. We can, uh, do you have any final thoughts, Ronan or, or Rob? Well, I just, again, being, seeing how this thing is developed and, and seeing that you guys obviously love doing it because it's a lot of work. Like, and it's, um, you, I, I know it's helped you guys, but it's really helped. There's a whole bunch of people out there that has really helped, including myself. In terms of, I actually went back. I looked at my handicap index from when the show started to present day, and uh, it's a nice, it's a nice line downwards. So you guys have done an amazing job, and there's a there's a community out there of people that I know that listen to it regularly, and I know because they anytime. My name is mentioned. They always say, "Hey, you're on Swing Thoughts." So, <laughs> so That's th- cool. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this because really, you know, you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it for the love of the game, and that's it's greatly appreciated by your listeners. Well, I appreciate you, Ronan, and uh, again, thanks yeah, for thank the kind you. words and well wishes. And Ronan, I'll see you. Uh, I'm sure uh, the next few days. Good. All right, Robbie, take care of yourself. Thanks for uh, popping in. Any last words, Rob Somerville? Congrats, guys, on 200, and uh, thanks so much. It's been uh, it's been a great ride, and uh, here's the 200 more. Way to go, guys. Thanks. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, thanks. Uh, and uh, before we uh, move on, I, I can't remember what show it was. Thanks, guys. Just let yourself out of the room. Uh, but some time ago, Tim O'Connor introduced me to um, Brooke Benny. At the time, was uh, working with Tim and the Guelph Griffins. As a uh, performance coach, Brooks a uh, trainer and a physio and just an all-around you know, knowledgeable, you know, golf structure guy. And and ever since then, Brooke Benny and I have been working out. We worked out yesterday. Please welcome to our program, Brooke Benny. Everybody, hello, Brookage. Hey guys, how's it going? Look Congrats at you, two hundred. Thanks, pal. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, thanks for checking in, Brooke. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Brooke's a man. Brooke, you know, Brooke's a man of very few words, but all of them. So, uh, did you had you ever heard of this podcast before? Tim uh, got you on, were you, or were you working with the Griffins? How did that relationship develop? Um, actually, Tim and I met through uh, a, a friend of mine, and Tim had met him at the gym, and we hooked up on the range one day, and. That's how I got involved with the Griffins team. And then he had mentioned the podcast. So I've been listening for a long, long time now. <laughs> so that's how we got together. Yeah, and it's, it's, it was really funny how it, this came together. I think I was talking 
about you and some of the work that you've done with the team and with me. I mean, you've been training me for, it might be getting on three years now. And I've had a lot of benefit from working for you. I just want to make sure I got that one in there. But um, I remember mentioning your name to Howard, and and then suddenly (laughs) here comes Black Betty, (laughs) Bam Lamb, and and ever since then that's been what I call you. And and Howard, why don't you take it from there? How did it come that you started working with with Bam Lamb? Here's the thing: I've I've even I've been working with him now. I mean, I guess over the course of about a year, but the last five months, two to three times a week. Uh, wherever wow. I've been, uh, almost never in person, always over Zoom. Brooke has been training. In fact, it's funny because I used to call him Brooke Benny, first name Brooke Benny, last name Bam Lam. I don't even do that anymore. Uh, even that novelty is worn off. But Brooke has worked with me. This is probably the most concentrated effort I've made in terms of golf fitness. Um, he's helped me a lot. I don't know. You know, it's hard for me to have perspective, but, you know, Brooke tells me that I'm in, I mean, I feel in better shape, obviously, but I'm, you know, I'm definitely stronger than I was. And my golf muscles have been better this year. One of the things that hasn't been a problem for me, Tim, and other golfers is my back hasn't been as, as um, bothersome. Great. Hey, Brooke. I mean, it's funny because we throw around, we're starting to throw around some weight now and, and I guess just because I've gotten stronger. Absolutely. You're supporting yourself a little better. And Tim, I was fortunate enough to play with uh, Howard on Sunday. And I think he was walking past me after each drive. Which <laughs> was a little demoralizing, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, wasn't walking, I wasn't walking way past you, young man. Even rookies can hit it with some speed. But I think that was the key for me, Brooke, that the work we've done, not a lot of, again, it's not hard, but it's just been constant. And I think the best thing I would say about if you're going to work with someone like Brooke, it's just, it's what you use that word, it supports your golf structure, mainly to minimize injury, especially as we get older. Yeah, Brooke, I want to just ask you, um, what do you see, like, we've talked about in this show that, we have mainly focused on the mental part of the game. And I, I would say we've, in the last few years, we've broadened that um, to management in that type of thing. But maybe talk for a second about that connection between the body and mind and maybe how golf, I, I believe that golf is actually a more physical game than it is mental. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I... I would agree with you. Like they kind of go hand in hand when you really start to delve into um, like emotional states and what happens to our body when we're in different emotional states. Like I know you guys talk about white knuckle in the club quite often, and that's a physical effect that's brought on by a mental thing. You start gripping tighter, and if you're not aware of it, then that can change your kinematic sequencing. And that actually, like, stress in itself puts us in a different postures, which messes with how we will, um, like, our, how our body will use different supporting muscles. So all of a sudden, you might not be supporting your shoulder or your hip as well as you normally would because you're in a, a different state of mind. So you need both aspects to be firing on the same wavelength. 
Well, listen, Brookie, I don't want to get too deep into this except to say thank you for your participation. It was great meeting you on this show. I know Brooke's a fan of uh, Swing Thoughts. I'm not sure he's, uh, you know, an STD, but I'm pretty sure he's up to date on most of, most of them. And, and I know that, you know, you've had lots of good takeaways in your own game. And I'll just tell you, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. You're a fine young fellow and appreciate your participation, my friend. Okay. Thank you very much. I really, I'm taking so many things away from it. So yeah. keep on going, boys. Yeah. And listen, yeah. Uh, next time we get together, I guess we'll have a chocolate bar exchange. That won't. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. All right. I won't tell. I'm holding out. I won't tell that story, Brooke. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Brooke Benny, everyone. Um, Thanks, Brooke. Physical performance Thanks, guy. All right. So there's a bunch of our uh, STDs. Thank you, sir. People weighing in. And now, Tim, are you ready for a little trip down Swing Thoughts memory lane? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, before we do, I, I just wanted to, and again, I, I put together a, a partial list of uh, some people that have been on the show. And I'm going to name a few people, uh, maybe a comment from you if, if you want. Um, I can tell you the dates. Uh, August 24th, 2019, Mark Evershed made his debut. Oh, my. Ralph Bauer. Um, Mike Martz, friend of the show. Michael Hebron. Remember when we were in... I was so enamored with him. Oh, yeah. And what I thought was really interesting about that, that I had read... I think I'd read at least one of his books. And yes. he was a guy who went from being a total mechanics-focused guy who was decorated by PGA of America and all this and decided, I'm not helping anybody. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Really shifted. And we had him on the show, and you weren't re- you didn't really know him that well at that no. point. And you went, oh, my gosh. And we had him on but a, not- a couple weeks later. So uh, that was a great get, as we say. Yeah, and that was February 7th, 2019. We've also had Sean Casey, Gabrielle Wolf, Dr. Judson Brewer, Ken Tarling, I forgot about him. Tristan oh, Mullaly, yeah. at the time we had Tristan on, who's his? Who's his? Who's his main student? Rook, freaking Henderson. Exactly. Uh, Todd Graves has made a couple of appearances. You know, you know Todd through uh, your work with Mo Norman. He has, yeah, the Graves Golf Academy. He teaches uh, the single playing golf swing, made famous by none other than. Mo Norman. Exactly. Uh, we've had Graves on a few times. Marty Chuck from uh, Tour Striker came oh, on yeah. early, had him on. November 9th was the first, November 9th, 2018, the first appearance of our friend Dr. Ed Collins. And uh, yeah, I, I just was going through the list of guests. Ed Collins has been on half a dozen times. Oh, yeah. Well, he's in, he's in what we call uh, FOS, Friend of Show Territory. Oh, for sure. Maybe the Hall yeah, of he's Fame. At the, he's at the platinum level of FOS. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Foley, who you're going to hear in a second. Carl Morris, another FOS Hall of Famer. Absolutely. How about this name? Dr. Joseph Parent. Oh, yeah. Zen Golf. Yeah, he was, he was, he was one of the really early guys. And, yeah. uh Again, a great get, a legend in forwarding, shall we say, connecting mindfulness to golf and how we can get a little bit better at managing our state. Uh, yes. He was a great get. He, was, uh, he worked with Vijay Singh for years. That's right. He's the, he's the, I'll tell you what, who he is for me. My memory of him is this. He was the anyway guy. Yes, absolutely. We talk about that 
all, all the, time. the time. That yeah. he was the first one to introduce the concept to at least uh, me. Maybe you knew it, but I, I remember him saying on the show that golfers standing over a shot don't feel comfortable, but hit it anyway. How many times? That's come up a thousand times in my own conversations since he was on the show. Oh, so I use it in my coaching all the time. Uh, a couple other guys that came on. So many. I have no idea that Fitzsimmons has been on the show as many times as he has. It's easily, I think, I didn't count him up, but I would guarantee you Fitzsimmons, Carl Morris, Doolin, Paul Doolin, all in the sort of six or seven appearance category. Yeah. If I asked you who do you th- who was our first guest by the way do you remember on our very first show Lauren Rubenstein Lauren Rubenstein Yeah man <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I, I I knew I had to when I was picking out clips I knew there was one clip I had to find July 21st and this was you want to talk about a big get for us July 21st 2016 Well but I think the challenge is I mean when you work It's Fred Shoemaker bitches um. <laughs> But I think the challenge is, I mean, when you work with kids, it's almost like there isn't a challenge. Right. Really young kids before the age of getting concepts and understanding and and information seem to be able to take any instruction and convert it into an experience and walk to the first tee with the etching of the experience in their body. As you get older, you take instructions and, and keep them as instruction in your head and you walk to the first tee with the memory of the instruction which doesn't make much difference when you play. So there's something about the challenge of having uh, interference. You know, as you said, ego, lapses in concentration, self-doubt, pathetically wanting to be admired by other people, like all of us. Pathetically. Uh, So given that, I find that way more interesting, that being able to deal with interference makes not only a difference in golf, but can make a difference in anything. I mean, the purpose of a game is to teach you something about living or about life. How great is that? That's so much. <laughs> no. Oh, my you God. Know, I remember I, when I was editing this yesterday, <laughs> I, I thought to myself, man, you know, before I met O'Connor, you know, one of the things that we found in common almost at our very first meeting was how many of the same books we had read. Oh, yeah. You know, when people used to read books and, and we're talking about dozens of the same books, one of which was Fred Shoemaker's Extraordinary Golf. And we sort of nerded out about him. And I was listening to that clip and thinking through this show, like I know you went down and, and took a course with him. But through this show, I got to talk to Fred privately yeah. a couple of times, not for free, because he does no. it. You know, and you find out these guys all have a. You know, they have a, a fee structure. If you want to have Fred's time, you. And I remember thinking, "Wow!" Like I, I've had, I've had this guy's counsel. It's it's pretty amazing, actually. Oh, totally, yeah. And and one of the things that I recall is about having Fred on the show was how excited I was. Yes, exactly. Been, he, I was so excited. <laughs> I remember showing up. And you laughed because I had a notebook in front of me. Yeah, that like had about eight pages of questions, <laughs> and and you were you were going, oh my god! And then I watched you. It was so cool that when we had Fawcett on, it's like you were just you were the <laughs> same, same thing. Oh yeah, and that's and maybe that that's part of what has been such the the great joy of doing this show is that. 
and this is something that I experienced as a journalist, you know, even 30, 35 years ago, is that we get this amazing privilege yeah. of talking to these people. I mean, we've talked, like Judson Brewer is, he's the titan of mindfulness and psychiatry. Gabriel Wolf is regarding as the authority worldwide in the relationship that we have with external focus. Yeah. So, you know, for, for, for golf nerds, like deep golf nerds, Gabriel Wolf is top of the heap. So it's been amazing that we get to talk to these people and share what's going on in our own games and, and act basically as representatives for our listeners. And so it's it's been an amazing ride and it, to, to have basically access to have a conversation with world authorities in this space. Um, well, you, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So I was just say you, you were excited about Shoemaker, as was I. But I would tell you the day that we had this guy on, I was just, it was like, you know, meeting, um, I don't know, meeting the great Oz. Again, I'm going to say it's easy. It, it takes... Scott Fawcett. Again, I'm going to say it's easy. It, it takes... It's it's really, really hard to play patient, disciplined golf. It is the yes. entire reason that I started talking about expectation management and discipline. That's why. Because if you'd asked me seven years ago when I first started doing this, I would have told you I'm a math whiz. This is all math. It's the strategy. Seven years removed, it is all the psychology. It is all That is all that it is. I have said this for years, that the most important stat that you can track in the Decade app is the mental scorecard. I really do not find statistics very interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got a, a tour player today, a, a, a European Challenge tour player that asked me to look at his stats. He's averaging 69 and a half while losing a, a stroke putting. I go to all his make rates. They're all terrible. And at the end of the day, I'm like, well, let's just pretend you do have the yips. We, well, there's nothing we can do about that. So what are we going to do in order to, to putt better? We're going to work on our speed because his speed control is just terrible. You can you can see that in the data also. So at the end of the day, work on your speed. Stop trying to make putts. There you go. Um, I want to move so on. Excited. That was just, no, I, it was too much. It was, by the way, not only was I excited, that was in 200 shows. That episode, which was only, I don't have it in front of me, the date, but, oh, I do, sorry, May 25th. Actually, May 25th, 2018 is the first time we mentioned Decade because we had taken oh, the seminar. That's right. But Scott was on with us uh, somewhere in the last year, last, I think at the end of last season. I think it was in the fall. Yeah, when I got all emotional. Because I did it. It, it, it nothing, had, nothing had made as big a difference on my golf game as that guy's system. Um, but I want to move on because I've got two more clips. Um, by the way, I also want to mention our brothers because we had this great show. Oh, yeah. uh, my brother, David, who's been on the show a couple times in his role as a psychologist, but also your brother, Pat, Pat O'Connor, Stephen, my other brother and I and you talking about dads. Oh, yeah. If you haven't heard that episode, it's one of my favorites because it really is all about, you know, how men and, and their fathers relate because of this game. Oh yeah, that was uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. You know what? I kind of get choked up thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, uh, it was a great show because we do this podcast. We got into golf because of Sweet Lou Glassman. Yeah, because my dad Dennis O'Connor. Uh, you know, uh, so 
you know, gratitude uh, and uh, just great feelings. And that was so fun to talk about. I remember you talking. Tell us, uh, remind us uh, about your dad and he his golf club in the back area of uh, of of the uh, the clothing store. In oh yeah. Store. Well, no, it wasn't a club. It was a it was a broomstick that in between <laughs> customers he had this old broomstick. You know, like a just the handle of it. And he had like a um, a mirror that people would look at for you know to see how the clothes fit. And he spent most of the day looking at his swing. Like that's where I get it from. I come by because my dad was like my dad would have been an STD. He would have loved this shit because it's literally oh, yeah. all we ever talked about. I told you the story six weeks before he died. I played golf with him. It was Labor Day of two thousand and six, and I came home from Moose Jaw, and we played a few rounds. And we're on the phone. He goes, "Yeah, I'm still having some trouble with my backswing." I'm like, "Dude, yeah. dude, you're lucky you have a backswing." <laughs> you know, I know. I'm but taking- I remember you related you re- you related this little bit, and I so connected with it that you were saying that you know how you visit your dad and he'll <laughs> yeah. say hey how are the kids oh, oh yeah great yeah good how's work oh fine good what about your golf <laughs> and, then, right. <laughs> and then next thing you know your dad's standing in his kitchen mimicking a backswing oh, yeah. and, and what he's working on and then we'd connect two weeks later he's working on something completely different <laughs> that's right yeah it's funny that uh and and, and again that's why i think the sport produces these kind of uh, people that are attracted to this show because we all we can all relate to the depth of feelings we have about golf that have not all of it is about the game a lot of it is about who we meet and the and the people in our lives the last couple of clips now i i was gonna go get the clip and i i it was just i thought you know the first time we had foley on and both of us knew sean foley when he was younger i, I was at the national with him plus i'd Hung out with him on the range. You knew you knew him through Clublink as well. But I and I wanted to find the clip where Foley talks about getting the phone call from Tiger Woods. But I couldn't find it because I got a little lazy toward the end of this. But I will. <laughs> here, but here's here's a clip of Foley on our show talking about Bryson DeChambeau. He was a big. He was a big guy. He was stronger. Uh, he, he was uh, like a, a big kid. He was strong. And then he was already at 177 ball speed in what would be almost the slowest model. Yes. Okay. So he was all about control and r- really impressive watching this guy hit range balls. It really is. And so then he decided he wanted to. I've, I've watched him for five years get longer every month every month get longer and longer because he's playing with my guys and they're past them and then they're not and then he's past them and and anyway so as I always pick his brain all the time and he loves to talk about it um, is that once he lowered his hands he creates more of an angular component all right the angular component is 20% of speed the linear component is 80% okay so that's why lag's not that imperative so from there uh, he widens his stance, so he creates more force in between his feet. And then he starts really twisting at both ankles. And then he gets to where his backswing gets really long and across the line, so it's not on plane anymore. And then from there, you can see how the club kind of Sergio's behind him. And then he works on... on- I just thought that would be... That is the most... That literally represents 45 seconds of the geekiest swing shit that's ever been said on the show, especially the line. He kind of goes across the line and then he Sergio's down. I'm like, what? 
Foley. I love that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He made Sergio into a verb. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. He just Sergioed. Um, but I thought that was a good clip of it because really oh, we've totally. spent 200 episodes hardly talking about golf swings. But that represents kind of the... You know, if you're going to have a guy describe a swing, you got to have Sean Foley. And I would say if, if you have, if you want to go back and listen to, he, it's early on, somewhere around 2018, we had Sean on. And, and, and so he tells a great story about Tiger. The last clip is one of our other um, guys we've had uh, luck to have access to. And we've really enjoyed his appearances. And it seems the audience really loves listening to Robert Dameron. Uh, right do, do you have status? It, like, and we're talking about the uh, Champions well, Tour. Do you have any status that would get you into a tournament or two? Uh, yes. Uh, so the Senior British Open allows a PGA Tour winner, the first year they are exempt, a spot into the field. So I've already got circled Royal Fourth Call in Wales, 2023 Senior British Open. Uh, I'm going to a buddy of mine that used to be a baseball player. Um, is going to caddy. Family's going. And then after I make a disaster of that, we might go to Ireland for a little golf trip. I've never been. Um, so it's going to be a whole big to do, nice. but, but it's not going to be a, Hey, my God, Robert's going to win the uh, senior British open and beat the 101 year old Bernard Lang. <laughs> exactly. That's not going to happen. Yeah. No. Who does 500 pushups a day? Oh, you're not kidding. Um, so heaven forbid you play golf to have fun. I play golf to be with the people I'm with. Mm-hmm. So, so if I play golf to have fun, that means I could go out and play by myself and enjoy the open air and the nice green grass and getting a few shots. And that's just not the case. Um, I go to play with, I play with my dad most of the time who Howard got to know one day when he was here, a great player still. Yeah. Um, I play with some other friends. I think today I'm going to play with Daniel Chopra, who's a tour winner. And I like that clip for a lot of reasons because Robert and the 101 year old Bernard Langerline is funny, yeah, but, yeah. but I thought it was poignant to finish with uh, him saying, I play golf to be with the people I'm with. Yeah. And I will tell you, Tim, in seven years and 200 shows, I've learned a lot. Like, I'm a much better player. I shoot lower scores than I did when we started this. But I can tell you that, for me, is the best lesson I learned from you. And that's why I wanted to put it in there, because there was a time when I didn't understand that being with the people I'm with was part of what the experience is I only liked golf like I when I talked about being the worst I ever was nobody was worse than me but that lesson that thing that he said to be with the people I'm with that part really made a uh, an impression on me because it was such an impression that you made on me so there you go that, well that's interesting thank you and and I remember um, you know we had just started talking about doing a podcast and, and maybe we were actually doing it but you were in a state of golf hell yeah and you had told me that i don't think you'd broken 80 in i don't know it might have been two weeks or something and that you realized you needed help when you came this close <laughs> to banging your driver over one of the stone t-markers yes karen yeah and anyways you were relating to this to me uh at lunch at glencairn and i said what if you made it your intention to be the best golf partner you've ever been and, you know, to really listen to the stories that your people are telling and just be fully with them? 
And I remember you called me, it was either the next day or two days later, and you went, you know what, I had the greatest time with these guys, I'm going to play more golf, we exchanged contact information, oh, and by the way, I shot 74. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> but it's a great lesson, it was, you know, it's interesting, one of the things we said before we started the first show, our little tagline was, we think we can take four to six shots off your score without touching your golf swing. And I don't know, like, Ronan made a, a very sweet comment that his handicap is lower than it was when we started. Um, and as so is mine. And But I realize now as we wrap up show 200 that I've learned so much more than just how to shoot a lower score. And it's interesting that the things, and maybe the people who are listening can relate to this, the things outside of swing and even strategy it's the enjoyment and the and the gratitude and all that stuff that you know my buddy Kent Osborne talks about I, I've learned that actually can be enjoyable even when your scores aren't as low as you'd like them to be on any given day mm-hmm. and I think that more than lowering my handicap is probably my biggest takeaway from all of this is that I can have a bad score or what I think is a shitty score but still have a blast for the day Absolutely. Well, to me, score is, it's a key part of the whole package of playing golf. But, you know, it's the same thing I talked about with my university players. Um, I said, you know, it's it's the hanging out with each other. It's, it's the time you have on the golf course and off that's the most important thing. I said, in a couple of years, or even I would say in a couple of weeks, you won't even think about the score you shot. It'll be about the great time you had with the people you were on the golf course with or, or hanging out with. And so I think that's such a key part of it. And one of the things that, uh, you know, just hanging out with you has been amazing. It's been great to become, you know, for you to become one of my best friends through doing this. But you've been a really interesting model for me in terms of your ability to talk about what's really gone on for you. A lot of people won't do that, particularly men. They will put up this wall. Hey, I'm okay. Everything's fine. Whereas you, uh, throughout the show, uh, in private calls, you're like fully transparent. Here's what's happening to me. You know, you went into golf hell, and you fully, you know, for everyone to hear all the things that you went through. You know, even you know, it sounds absurd to have punched your car. But, <laughs> I did. But basically, the personal anguish that oh, you went yeah. through. And that, to me, is um, been such a great learning piece is that rather than try and put myself off as some kind of freaking guru, uh, you know, I know of this all-knowing person. God, no. I'm just like you and all our listeners. We're as effed up as anybody else. But we have access to these people. We've had some uh, people like we've talked about, like Gabriel Wolf and Ed Collins and amazing research but I think that the key piece is that uh, and what makes our show a bit different is that uh, no we're not a couple of gurus we're a couple of people who had um, we have experiences good and bad like everybody else Mm -hmm. and we have as much anguish and fleeting eyelets of joy um, and we get we have this amazing opportunity to talk about it and so that and I'm just so grateful for that opportunity Well, I would say this in closing for me. I enjoy golf. Yes, I've had some, you know, success since we started this. Um, I've played a lot of big tournaments and I've, you know, won some stuff. But I have 
you know, I've enjoyed golf at a different level than I did when we started. And I think that's probably what my, my takeaway from it was. I thought we could give some guys some perspective on how to score lower. And I think we've done that. But I think the biggest perspective, at least from this listener, me, has been the idea that we're not alone, that all of us have these thoughts. You know, maybe Absolutely. not maybe not everyone has punched the inside of their windshield to the point where I broke it once. Maybe that's not everybody. But I'm also, I'm, I'm okay sharing, you know, when I shoot, you know, 92 in the mid-am, but because I've also been able to share that I shot, you know, my lowest score ever last summer. I've, I feel that. I balance it because, you know, I'm a pretty decent player, but I can also shoot a high score too. So other players listening can go, well, that guy's a scratch and can still shoot 85, which I did Saturday. Um, I can also shoot even par, which, you know, I'm going to many, many times. Um, So I just want to say too, uh, thanks very much to JW Apparel for your support. And of course, uh, NeuroPeak, we're doing lots of stuff. NeuroPeakPro.com, go check them out. If you're interested in the world of precision breathing, I can tell you, I don't want to get into it today, but I'll tell you how it has affected me as a player. I didn't even realize it. I had this conversation with Fitzsimmons the other day about uh, after this tournament I played, and he said, do you think the breathing helped you? I'm like, you know, I think it did. And I, and I started thinking about how much calmer I was in the face of adversity. But of course, we couldn't. I just want to spend a second or two and talk about people at TaylorMade because, you know, as one of our listeners said, you know, we're not doing this for the money, but man, we are so lucky. Like I've never had access to such great golf equipment, and you know, full dis- you know, full disclosure, TaylorMade supports us by giving us all this golf equipment, and gloves, and hats, and bags, and such, and it's been. Really, one of the great joys of doing this is having access to the best equipment that you can. And, you know, it's nice to have that. It's not something that I would do every year. You know, I can't afford it. Oh, yeah, I can't take it for granted one bit. I mean, to have, you know, the the newest driver there is, the same driver that the best players in the world are playing. Right. um, You know, cutting-edge technology. uh, It's amazing. And And you get to... The fun part, too, is that we get to geek out about it on this show and talk about, oh, I, I necked one and <laughs> still went out there still, all right. Or, yeah. or you know, I can't believe the spin I got off the high-toe wedge or something like that. That's really, really, really fun. So we don't take it for granted. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love that you say that. And then we're, I feel like we're really lucky and... And I hope they've... Uh, uh, it's been... A, I hope it's been a good for them. I know they get a lot of... Um, you know, we have a lot of listeners now, a lot more than when we started, which was just you and me. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners, I can tell you, some of the guys that were on the call with us today, they've all got stealth drivers. So hopefully it's making a difference. If you're interested, visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca. And so to close, Tim, I've prepared another little, you know, <laughs> something for you uh, because of the access to uh, my other very dear friends. So let me see how I'm going to do this. Let's just do it. Let's I'll tell you what. Let's just do a cold version. Uh, O'ConnorGolf.ca. That's how you get a hold of Tim. Um, Humble and Fred back. Uh, new show starting next week. And um, oh, by the way, speaking of Dameron, I'm going to be hanging out with Dameron on Friday at the uh, Canadian Open. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. I'm going to uh, Dameron is uh, going to let me uh, hang out with him while he's doing his PGA Tour radio stuff. I'm going to go a, inside the ropes. I'm going to be a spotter. 
Whoa. <laughs> so, because uh, he said, What's you want to do? I, I, I don't know. It just pretends to be like, oh, look, there's the ball. But I, he said, you want to come down? I said, I'm not really interested in watching a golf tournament. He goes, oh, no, hanging out with me. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, so that'll be fun. We'll talk about that next week. And uh, da, 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 what else? So Connor. Oh, yeah. Humble and Fred Radio. And uh, here's a gentleman to uh, wrap things up. Have a listen. Thank you for listening to the 200th episode of Swing Thoughts. Two guys yammering on about golfing 200 different times. 200 times about 50 golf games. So talking about golf instead of playing golf, 50 rounds worth. Worth it? Must be since you're still listening. I'm Dan Duran. I'm a studio announcer. Don't know a thing about swinging sticks, but I'm Dan Duran, and I would appreciate it if you tell all your friends and randos you've been paired with about Swing Thoughts. If we do this enough, I might get paid, and you'll have more friends to talk about playing instead of playing. Subscribe and say nice things.